Everybody, this is Peter Diamandis. I'm here with my partner, my coach, my dear friend, Dan Sullivan. Welcome to another episode of Exponential Wisdom. And Dan, on this episode, I want to talk about something that is, I see it coming very fast, and it's going to have huge implications, especially for entrepreneurs. And it's the idea that we can now use AI to replicate ourselves, not biologically, but to create an AI that sounds like us when it speaks, looks like us when it's a video image. And if it consumes all of the content we've been generating, can answer questions like us. So basically, your digital avatar, and not in, in this world, not just one digital avatar, but you could have an army of digital avatars, as much as you want to spend on your <laughs> Amazon Web Services bill. Yeah. So what would we do with 100 or 1,000 Dan Sullivan out there? Well, let me ask you a question. What would you do with another Peter? Not 100, but uh, what would you do with another Peter? As you understand the concept and the... <laughs> have him answer my emails for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so just to paint the landscape, I have zero question that we will be able to create I'm going to refer to this as a digital avatar for the moment, mm -hmm. a digital avatar of ourselves. And if we want to define the attributes, an a, a digital avatar that sounds exactly like you, right? You can't tell the difference that when it's speaking, your wife, your best friends don't know if it's you or your digital avatar. And then one that looks identical to you, that over a Zoom, you know, the exact facial features, the exact, it looks real life. So those two, by the way, are here now. Mm -hmm. uh, that capability to create a voice model of yourself, a, a company called Liarbird, L-Y-R-E, named after the bird, mm -hmm. has done that. A number of companies have followed suit. You gave an example of that at the last A360, and I was sitting there and I said, oh, it's really good. Yeah. And I could tell little things that were off about it. It was just audio that I could hear of Peter, but I thought it was really good. Yeah. It's getting better every single year. And, you know, within, I don't know, two, three, five years max, you know, it'll be indistinguishable. And then the visual is also here where you can create a version of Dan Sullivan and I could program that version of Dan Sullivan to say anything I wanted. Not that I would ever want to do that to you, but the third is the ability for you to have your avatar, the AI driving your avatar, consume all of your content. So hmm. you and I are, are lucky in this regard, meaning we've both written a number of books. You're on book number what now? 39 right now. 39. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. We have hundreds, if not thousands of hours of content of our teaching, right, in front of small audiences, large audiences, video and such. And all of that is data, and all of that data can be digested in to mm -hmm. model a neural net so that when I ask the question, hey, you know, do you have a good example of who, not how, or I say, explain it to me, or tell me about the gap, or I say, hey, Dan, how are you feeling today? The answers are as you know, if I put you in one room and ask you the same question and your AI in the other room, the likelihood is that they would be pretty damn the same because it's trained on everything else you've ever said. 
and written and done. Mm -hmm. So this is where we're going. Mm -hmm. And there are interim steps between now and then. But, you know, some people are going to find this massively exciting Mm -hmm. and some are going to find it just really concerning. Let me ask you a question because I want to bring the conversation back to something you said about six months ago. And I'll say what you said, and then I'll ask the question about this, that you said the way we're thinking about medicine and the way we're thinking about education is just backwards, okay, that it's not what the hospitals are going to be like. It's the fact that the hospitals are going to come to you. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with schooling, the same thing with education, the teacher will come to you. And my sense is, you know, I was thinking of coach, that when people sign up for coach, they get a Dan avatar, you know, the Dan avatar is available to them. Now, my big question, are the avatars, I mean, it's not a question about them being faithful to me, but would they be different? Like if you had 500 of them out there, there were 500 coach clients, and they were asking Dan different questions. Are those avatars independent of each other? So probably not. They're probably all coming off the same server and the data in is the conversation they're having with the coach client and the response would be the same response under the exact same circumstances. But here's the interesting thing, right? The Dan avatar has the potential, if the client is willing, to know everything about the client. Now, you know, you have different levels of relationships with your coach clients. We have a very close, I would say, you know, sort of professionally intimate relationship. And you know everything about me, my background and such. But you don't necessarily know what I did yesterday, the day before, the exact experiences. Mm -hmm. But you could, right? It could be that my AI pre-communicates to the Dan AI exactly the conversations I had, the challenges I had. And so that the answers being given are so personalized and so intimate and so relevant if allowed, that it's massively valuable. Mm -hmm. Because right now, our means of communication is so slow bandwidth. It's like, if you go in to see a therapist for psychological, for marriage counseling, whatever, it's like you spend most of the time talking at them to give them some data, and then a little bit of the time of them responding to you on that. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of interesting transformation. Well, I mean, it brings in a very interesting point. I'll go back. There were 500 Dan avatars, and maybe that is just not feasible. So I'll let that go. But (laughs) the whole point is you could have some interesting bidding wars of who Dan gives the most attention to, you know, like (laughs) we're starting our bids at $1,000 for the next hour, you know, and everything like that. But the thing that's always true when something new happens, we adjust to it by using things we already know. So there's a lot of behavioral patterns that we bring into trying to get used to the new thing. It's like when television came in, they always opened a movie with a movie screen where the curtains, well, there, you know, there was no theater. And that's just one example. But we tend to use previous capabilities to get ourselves used to new capabilities. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's the elevator with the elevator operator. And I mean, there's all kinds of things. And what we're talking about with these digital avatars is the 60s. It's digitizing, Dan. 
dematerializing you, demonetizing you, and democratizing you, where you're available to everybody, where the best... I was always disruptive, so that... (laughs) (laughs) You too. So here's a question. If I were to kind of be a witness to you for an entire year, and we started last January, how much of what happened would have been unpredictable? In other words, as I'm watching it, this could not have been predicted in January. Today on the digital yeah, avatar. Yeah, yeah, we're at the end of November, you know, because I'm unpredictable to myself, mm-hmm. you know, in other words, that I oftentimes don't know what's going to be the idea or the thought that gets captured during the day. So I'm always a bit surprised because my sense is our brains are not logical. Our brains are associative. You know, we see something and that reminds us of something else. And then we put two things together. Well, my job at Abundance 360 is cover what happened in the last year since I saw you last. And now A360 has gone from a once a year event to a continuous event. We run, as you've coached me, we run five, six programs interim throughout the year as part of your membership, but then project what's going to happen over the next two to three years, right? So people don't fear the future, but they are able to anticipate and utilize. And so, you know, the last couple of years, I've started to bring this digital avatar and giving examples. And I think what's happened in the last 11 months is nothing I didn't predict, but I'm just getting more and more evidence to increase my certainty. Mm-hmm. and the ability to be compelling to individuals to say, listen, this stuff is happening, right? Where one of the areas this year at A360 I'm focusing on is called the spatial web. And the spatial web is sort of the next generation of the worldwide web. And it is going to be the intersection of virtual reality, augmented reality, and AI And avatars are going to be a part of that where you'll be in a room and I might invite the virtual avatars of a few friends because they're busy, but I want to have their voice in the conversation. Mm -hmm. So this is happening. I think this year at A360, I'm going to sort of like unveil the next generation. There are three companies that I'm excited about in this world. Many more, but three that I'm particularly excited about. May I touch base on them? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. fascinated with this. Yeah. So one is a company that a friend of mine, Bill Klein, runs called LifeKind. And they are building digital avatars right now. They're working on one of Tony Robbins and one of myself. I think they should do one of you too, Dan. And they're doing reasonably well on voice and video, but mostly focused on voice. And they're also focused on the ability to create an app version where you can text and get answers. Like if you have a challenge, like the avatar will respond with content, with video or audio or examples that are appropriate. And it's the early days. Yeah. There's another company called Hour One, and it's out of Israel, and it is nailed the visual they've generated a version of me that I'm like, it's like, that's me. I couldn't tell. And all of a sudden I'm speaking German and Spanish and languages I don't know. And it's like, that's pretty amazing. So that's the visual side. They're working on the voice there. And then there's another one, which I've told you about future loop. If you go to futureloop.com to see it, I've created an avatar of me that browses millions of articles 
a day and chooses the articles that I'm most excited about from my mindset. And then it surfaces them to my community. So it's basically an avatar that searches the news and then upvotes for me the news that it thinks I'm most excited about and I would like to share with my community. So these are some examples. It's early still. I came up with a model about 20 years ago. It's called DIKW. And it's that there's four kinds of input we get. The first one is data. The next one is information. The next one's knowledge. But the fourth one is wisdom. And they have different time. You know, data is instantly perishable. Information might last an hour, two hours. And, you know, the average price stock on the New York Stock Exchange right now is 17 seconds. Prices stay for about 17 seconds, and then it's another price. But the big one is wisdom, and wisdom is in a category. And my feeling is this would be great for wisdom. And you've already cracked the code on this with the mindset approach, that basically what the avatar could do, say, I'm thinking about this, what mindset do I have to approach it with? Well, first of all, I would find that of enormous value, just how do you think about what you're thinking about? But it gives me a reverse possibility, Peter, and I just thought of it, that there's two parts to the project. When you're creating new knowledge in that, you act as if you're creating it for your avatar. And my sense is that your approach to how you would communicate it would be totally different because you're thinking of a two-stage thing. You're, you're creating for the avatar and then the avatar interacting with other people. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because part of that is, well, when I'm teaching a lesson to video and I know that that video is going to be watched by someone to learn a subject, that's an interesting interim. The video is static. The avatar would be dynamic. You know, I went to a college where for four years, all we did was read the great books of the Western world. At St. John's, they have two campuses in Annapolis, Maryland, and Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I went there for four years because I wanted to read all these books and I don't have the discipline. I just wanted to know where thoughts that we're thinking today actually came from. And every thought, you know, every idea has a history. I know. (laughs) Every thought has a history. But... What I came up with from the five years was how to create a group discussion where people are constantly learning. I really mastered this because that was the format there. And I said, well, it could be a discussion about anything. But the reason why we remember great philosophers is mainly because of their mindsets, not because of the particular idea, which may no longer hold, but they had a particular mindset about how they thought about their thinking. And I think this is really fascinating to me just for self-awareness of how you actually think about your thinking. Anyway. How do you think the world will change? I mean, one of the questions becomes, how do you think of a digital avatar that comes to you for a meeting where it's not Dan? When I talk to Ray Kurzweil about it, it's like, hi, I'm you know Ray 2 of 12. And do I accept that? digital avatar in a conversation as readily as the individual? Well, we've actually had a test model this year to figure out those who do and those don't, and it's Zoom. I just love Zoom. I mean, I can't get enough Zoom. (laughs) I do six, seven hours, and I said, I grew up basically lonely on a farm. Zoom's (laughs) Zoom's a pretty good experience, 
But I noticed, so for example, we have a hundred people in the last six weeks who just said, okay, we'll do the workshops on Zoom, but they haven't been doing the workshops since June. They said, we're not coming back until it's in person. But we said, you know, do you have a good idea when it's going to be possible? We don't have a good idea when it's going to be possible to travel across borders and everything like that. I said, so if you've got some inside knowledge, we'd like to have it. It will be helpful. But we think it might be six months, might be eight months. I don't know the answer to that question. But we're creating a lot of great stuff and people are getting a lot out of the program. And they say, all right, I'll try it. But you can see when they come on, they're like television viewers. They're sitting there like this. And they haven't gotten to the point that this is actually you've been transported. You're in another place. So my sense is that, you know, it'll be like guys who are good with girls, you know? I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, some people will just take to it and say, well, I'm just going to get the value out of this avatar that I can get out. And then if there's 20% I'm not getting, then I'll go to the original. I mean, it is fascinating, the ability, you know, because in one sense, a book is that. Oh, but yeah. it's so limited, right? So all of the great coaches, philosophers, teachers write a book to get their idea across. I mean, some of my most transformative moments have been conversations with the author while reading the book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's within the last 500 years, really. You know, it wasn't until mass printing that you got that. And there's a real belief that the whole notion of individuality and consciousness really came out of people's setting up this dialogue with a printed book. Shakespeare is actually the very first storyteller who had people talking to themselves. And they can't find it anywhere before Shakespeare where Macbeth stands. I said, well, I'm thinking about it this way and I'm thinking about this way. And he said, the reason why it's so unusual is because it didn't happen before. And it came from people being alone with books and having dialogues with books. So it's an interesting, my feeling is that it would change consciousness. Yeah. So, you know, it's like we accept that when I read a great book, it's not the author sitting there telling me about it. But I think, you know, if someone had a conversation with my avatar and I said, listen, this avatar knows everything I know and it's trained up on everything I've ever taught. It understands all of the mindsets, longevity, exponential, moonshot, abundance mindsets that I teach. There is a value there. And the good thing about it is it's completely demonetized and democratized. Yeah. I could touch a million lives that way instead of 360, you know, at A360. Well, I could see it right away, you know, with our coaches, our associate coaches and our salespeople and our program advisors, just to get together with the Dan avatar and ask, you know, pepper him with all sorts of questions on how he would approach this and what should we get across here. I could see immediate uses for it in coach, you know, those who liked it got to stay and those who didn't like it would. Yep. <laughs> you know, the adaption cycle is going to be the same as for anything else. There's going to be first in, but I bet I would adjust to it in a half hour. I'd be totally comfortable with it. Here's the thing is having a conversation with yourself. That's fascinating. I think that's fascinating. Talk about being able to move yourself, you know, call your own bullshit. Well, not only that, but being an observer to how your mind actually works. Yeah. 
Yeah, because you built a body of knowledge. There's another part of this, which I could, which is bringing back your deceased family members, right? So I think there's a business, you know, if I had more time and more energy, I might start it, is you have someone in your family that you're worried about end of their life, you can go and fully digitize them visually, right? You can create a perfect digital avatar, you load up all the images, you can go and record their voice properly. And then you could have effectively spend the day asking them all kinds of questions about how they feel about this, how they think about this, you know, where'd you do this, and get enough data to populate so that, you know, you lose your mom and your dad, mm-hmm. you have a virtual version of them that you could have conversations with. That is a fascinating business yeah. to be had. Well, and then you'd get inventive really fast. The other thing is, would you have an impact on the avatar? Like if I'm having a conversation with the avatar, am I having an impact? In other words, is a learning process actually going on? Because after all, this is part of the avatar's knowledge is having conversations with other people. You know, it might be the bridge to being okay with artificial intelligence, Peter, If it sounds like us and looks like us, it Mm. might remove a big barrier accepting artificial intelligence. You know, I've had at A360 the last couple of years, a few companies, one out of Australia in particular, that has overcome the uncanny valley, Yeah, right? The uncanny valley is where you've got a video, computer-generated video of a person that is like 95 or 98%, but it's just a little bit weird. You're going, and it's- It's creepy close. It's spooky, yes. And they've overcome that now. And so the tech to be able to create identical replicants is there. The voice is coming. I think this year at A360, I should do an update session on this and bring some of these companies so you can see it. Yeah, We're going to be focusing a lot on augmented virtual reality and the spatial web just because that is one of the technologies that's about to hit a massive knee in the curve. And I want to bring some of the top CEOs and companies and demonstrate Everybody coming to A360 is getting an Oculus 2 headset shipped to them so that we can do part of the fourth day in VR. Do you remember where you were the first time you saw WWW someplace? Mm-hmm. For me, it was on the side of a bus. And then the first website I visited, and it was like, oh, what is this? This is interesting. Yeah. About to all change again. Yeah, I mean, there's that capture of a morning yes, show, yes, a TV yeah, morning show. Good morning, Mark. Brian Gumble, yes. I think of. He says, what's this dot-com stuff? Yes. You know, you know what <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's very philosophical. This is a technological crossover that's intensely philosophical. And the reason is because you begin, well, which one's me and, you know, what's actually happening here? Because, you know, it's the Shakespeare phrase, all of life's a play and every one of us is an actor. So we have a way of putting together a public presentation. Mm-hmm. We know that it's important for us to not surprise them all the time that there's something dependable and predictable about us. But the people we like the most are where we can kind of vary that a little bit and we can do it. But my feeling is that we have journaling, you know, journaling is a known breakthrough for 
people in terms of getting to know themselves and everything. So this is like avatar journaling. You're actually talking to yourself, you know, because that's what journaling is. You're essentially sure. talking to yourself. And my sense is that this would be a three-dimensional kind of journaling or fourth-dimensional journaling. But my feeling is the biggest use of it would be people talking to themselves, not talking to other people. Wow. I love that. It's also going to play havoc with the advertising world. You know, when a famous star is, you know, pick your favorite Tom Clinton. What's that? Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> Humphrey Bogart comes up because the real estate of Humphrey Bogart approved this. And by the way, this is going to bring back all the dead stars. Is right. You have Marilyn Monroe and Humphrey Bogart starring in the next movie that was produced in 2027. But Humphrey Bogart says, hey, Dan, listen, I have this new product I want to tell you about. And because he owns some certain neurons in your brain, you're paying more attention than some random person. Yeah. It's very interesting. Elvis Presley, near the end of his life, he asked if he was the king of rock and roll. And he says, no, no. He says, I'm not. He said, the number one king of rock and roll, he says, is Roy Orbison. He says, Roy Orbison? Why Roy Orbison? And he says, because he can sing anything I can sing equally good or better, and I can't sing anything that he can sing. <laughs> but I often wondered if you could, you know, have an avatar like Roy Orbison, and he was on stage, but he could learn new songs, and he could sing. My all-time concert that I've always wanted was Patsy Cline and Roy Orbison. I'm kind of a country guy with my, and they, just amazing. And I said, be neat to have those two on stage. I'd pay. We'll see it. There's no question we will see it. Only restrictions on this are legal. Yeah. But we'll see extraordinary conversations. And and in the educational world, and I've talked about this on the stage a number of times, and I'm just waiting for And I'm going to, this year, talking about the future of education, I'll bring part of this, is you're going to go into a virtual world. You'll put on your next generation VR headset. And if you're learning about ancient Greece, you'll see some guy sitting on a slab of marble over there with a white toga. And he'll say, come on over here. And it's Plato. And you'll have a conversation. And he'll say, let me show you where I live. And let's talk about this or that philosophy. So you'll be able to get education, which is experiential. And one of the challenges with Zoom is we tend to remember experiences as we learn. So I remember being with you and Babs walking during a lunchtime, talking about some personal issues and going into the trees there. And we we're talking about Pokemon Go as well because some people walking around there. But I remember that. And I remember it because of my surroundings and the conversation. So we're going to be able to have conversations like this, but maybe we're in the virtual world and we're on a beach or we're in the jungle and everyone's slightly different and it's going to create mm -hmm. much more mm -hmm. memorable experience. Yeah. But it's really interesting. I mean, just try this idea out for yourself that if your twins each had an avatar and they could talk to their avatar, but they could talk to their twins avatar, it would be really, really interesting to see what happened. Yeah. I mean, having avatars talk to each other as well. And it's like, or, <laughs> it's like you know, there's a lot of... No, no, I said this is very, very philosophical. But you know, Dan, here's the point. I, I mean, 
This one probably alters your sense of reality almost more than anyone else we've talked to because a lot of the technology is outside of us, but somehow this technology is inside of us. Yeah. The thing I want to just point out is all of this isn't happening in 30 years or 20 years. It's just a decade. This is all materializing this decade. I mean, these are, I wrote about this at length in my book, The Future is Faster Than You Think. I didn't hit on the talking to your own avatar part. That was interesting. It's happening. It's happening fast. You know, my goal is every year, Dan, I'll share with you the latest companies and what you can play with right now. Well, I'm totally open to it. I think it's terrific. You know, I just think you would learn an immense amount just going through the process of creating it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, it's an amazing, amazing world. And despite, you know, the pandemic and all of the highs and lows and instability, the world is getting better at an extraordinary rate. And I think it's a matter of choosing that mindset, choosing that abundance mindset is really important. And then working with the people you love working with. Mm Yeah. Yeah. All right, pal, let me just mention for anybody interested in Abundance 360, I coach 360 entrepreneurs and leaders every year. We spend four days together in January, virtually and in physical presence. And then we meet five or six times during the year virtually. And we cover all of these topics, exponential technologies, what's happened in the last year, what's happening in the next two or three years, how you can use it, an abundance mindset, deep dive into longevity. How do you add 10, 20, 30 healthy years on your life? If that's you and you'd like to apply to join, it's not for everybody. One out of 10 people come in. It's www.a360.com, abundance360.com. Dan? Yes, and we have a complete growth plan for entrepreneurs to achieve their own self-managing companies and self-multiplying companies with the entrepreneur just focused on what they do best and what they love and then have a complete personal life that makes all your success worthwhile. That's at strategicoach.com and one of our membership advisors will chat with you about it. Buddy, have a wonderful day. See you next time. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Dan.